0: Oh my gosh, it is now another Wednesday. I looked at the calendar like I had to verify that it was. Uh, but it is in fact Wednesday, and I am so excited to be here. Uh, this is Rachel Vo, and I am back with my best friend Jess Anderson. I'm so glad you're here. Hi! And even better that we can even like tell people why you were gone last week. I just said that you were under the weather, you didn't feel very good. Oh. Um, but you just announced and were able to share it today. Yes, I'll tell you today on Facebook. Tell them the happy news.
1: So I am pregnant. Woo! Yay. So last week I was just so miserable with between exhaustion and nausea and really being dizzy. Like I just woke up and I just couldn't shake the feeling of being dizzy. So I didn't think it was safe to drive or really be out of the house. So unfortunately I wasn't able to be here. Yeah.
0: Well, it, and then Antonio was like, "Well, why don't you just go over there?" And I was like. I don't know. I didn't think about it. I, no. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine because you weren't feeling good anyway. So it's too totally cool. We're back to where we need to be. And we're going to jump back into our four-part series right after we let you know where you can find ways to follow us, get more of us in your life, more of the things that we talk about. If they happen to resonate with you, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also just search my name, Jesse Anderson, because I like friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, my secret private group is still up and running and the original name still exists because apparently I don't know how to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. So if you're a female, 18 or older, you're more than welcome to join that group.
0: Heyo! Hey-o. Yes. Uh, and. Tomorrow is another cooking in Chef Tone's kitchen. Yeah. I yeah, am we'll, excited. Yeah. We're doing, Can I think.
1: I hire him yet? Like, <laughs> I asked him.
0: Yeah. I asked him. And then I told him. So a total squirrel moment. I had a client who messaged me. Well, she's not a client. Actually, she's a college friend, a roommate I had in college and was like, is Tony a chef? Like, is that what he does? And I'm like, no, not yet. His nagging wife is trying to shove him out into the limelight. So he gets her a little bit faster, but she thought that's what he did. And I like told him, I'm like, people think this is what you do. Like, it's time for you to get your ass moving. Uh, but it's okay. Like it has to happen the way it has to happen. And, um, I'm all right with it because in all honesty, like if he jumped into something like that, like we just I don't even know what we do right now. You know, we're like between the two of us, we're pulling down Five to six gigs a week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so we're okay, and I think that it's also, um, it's just it's good for the level. But uh, nonetheless, tomorrow I believe we're making jalapeno popper dip. Yeah, it's so good. And he and I said, can we make it in a bread bowl? He's like, we didn't make it in a bread. Bowl. Uh, can we make it in a bread bowl? <laughs> so I'm
1: gonna carbs. Leave some cash for you, right? And have him make some extra for me. Yeah, yeah. So if
0: y'all did not know that short story behind my husband, um, yes, I wouldn't even say that he's an inspire aspiring chef. I, he's a chef. He just hid it for me for years and not even intentionally. If I had to say in my heart of hearts, I just don't think he thought it was something he needed to share with people or Mm -hmm. like really even thought that other people cared. Like he just probably did it for himself, Um, but he's good at it. And it's fun to watch him. It's really fun to see him. Like, he literally presents on a plate now. Like, I, I, I caught him cleaning out my soup bowl. Aww. And I'm like, I'm not even taking a picture of this. <laughs> and so the that's when you know, like, it's somebody's passion. So um, I'm really excited to be able to do that tomorrow. And figure out how I can screw it up because I've done that in every live every oh. week somehow some way. It's okay. That's not my forte. It's fine. Um so tune in tomorrow on Facebook Live and all you got to do is share the video to earn it for free for yourself 100%. We deliver. Hello. Uh and if you are looking for some space to grow, the Beginners Guide to Wellness is still going strong. It's a 100% free group on Facebook to be a part of. A lot of vulnerability, a lot of uh like journey sharing. So if you don't feel like where you're supposed to be, I highly recommend tuning into that. A lot of ladies kind of just talk about that. And they can then talk about their setbacks, which I think is most important, uh, because most of us are not going to get it right the first time. For grind out loud, I can't even tell you what what round I'm on in terms of picking myself back up and doing it all over again. Yeah, yeah. So, so jump on in there too. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Vote for parties if you want. The story's improving slowly, but. <laughs> We'll see. Um, and then, of course, if you're 18 years old and have feminine energy an energy, you want to be a part of the VIP page. We had a phenomenal online party last week. It was such a good time. Um, the most feedback I've ever received. Oh so, good. yeah, a lot of conversations happening about the party itself and additional opportunities for intimacy building and sexual wellness per the usual. But a lot of pleasure pleasing. Pleasure pleasing. That's the same thing. Partner pleasing. Um, that we covered in there, and that's that's been going really well. So if you're interested in kind of how to bond with your partner, definitely on a physical level, you should go check it out because it's awesome! Uh, but you got to be 18 years older, like I said. So, we, like I mentioned, are in uh, the three part uh, four series, yeah. <laughs> potentially five again, just depending on where it goes. Um, and this has been really cool. I've heard some really great feedback about people kind of just doing a lot of introspection um, and, you know, reviewing the things that we talked about in terms of delving deep into. This is really all about if you're trying to get to the best, best sex of your life, it's going to take most of these steps, dare I say, if not all of them, and it's going to happen over time. It's it's not something that next week or by Valentine's Day you're gonna be like Rachel and Jess were right. I now have the best sex of my life. But it what's really gonna be cool about it, in my opinion, is that as you begin to progress, it will be. Like every time you're together with your partner or you're showing yourself some love, it's gonna be like, that well, that was better than last time. Well, theoretically then that's the best sex of your life. Mm-hmm. All right. But a lot of us I'm I'm sure have this vision. Which is inaccurate. Remember, if you see it in TVs, if you see it in movies, if you see it in pornography, it's not an accurate representation. It's usually messier. It's usually mm, uglier. And I mean that, like, it's just not graceful, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. It's more awkward. um, Especially there's like, a bottom line because, like, you usually only see see maybe three or four positions. Mm -hmm. And your body is built... In a magical way that's different from everybody else's. So if it turns out looking like a starfish and it feels good, (laughs) then do it. Right. So um, I I, I struggle with that a lot because, like, when I start to delve into these conversations that we're having, too, and I start thinking more about those first experiences we covered in last week or two weeks ago in the podcast about thinking I was going to be a little mermaid, right, But then when you start to translate that into those relationships, um, I think we could could talk about this real quick because it it really lines up with the the conversation um, more so than the topic I think we were going to have in general. But I had to have a conversation with my 12-year-old about pornography last week. And um, while I feel gifted to be in the position that I'm in in terms of like I had already kind of laid some of the groundwork down, it's still like I still had such anxiety because I just felt a lot of pressure about getting it right. Mm -hmm. And... I think that I, that's great because a lot of parents and people in that position, they're probably their first, their first concern is this is awkward. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously way beyond that. But mine was, oh my gosh, like how do I relay consent from this conversation? How do I relay that? I understand that's visually stimulating what you're seeing and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not accurate that is not how most women are going to want to be treated that is not how they're going to gain pleasure that is not even a focus on her pleasure in this video that you're seeing that is also not how men need to behave or also draw pleasure and if if it includes a finger in the ass that's okay too didn't say that but you know it's just like it's so many points to hit and it's definitely not one conversation and it went better than I expected uh, but I haven't even told his dad because I, I truly am worried in my heart of hearts that, from a male perspective gaze, that is not in personal development, and I mean that with all love in my heart, he's a great person, but I just I'm afraid he's gonna say, "Well, boys will be boys," kind of
1: yeah. mentality.
0: So. It's so important that you you get into the root of all of it so that you can untangle it, if you, if not even for you right now, for, for your children, well, you know, for that, the important people in your life. I
1: think that's the most important thing is that there's a lot of people out there that have never been told that porn is a movie. A fantasy. A, fantasy. a fantasy. And that it's okay if you don't look like, act like, sound like, whatever the women you see in these videos or the men you see in these videos. Right. That you are your Bleached own Leashed
0: buttholes, no hair on their yeah. body. And I, like, I know that's funny, but it's also, it's so inaccurate. It is.
1: It's very inaccurate and it makes people
0: insecure, insecure yeah. for no reason because... Or not even apt to like have an open mind to try new things because that's not what you viewed. That's not exactly. how you thought it was supposed to go.
1: I've never seen, I mean, I'm sure it exists out there, but I've never viewed personally a porn video where they laugh like genuinely like are making jokes in the middle of sex yeah and my partner and I laugh so much you should it makes honestly it makes sex more pleasurable for both of us because I'm more relaxed so my body's more having more pleasure and And you you bond. If you want to get down to the science of things, my vagina muscles (laughs) spout when I Uh, laugh. It tickles stomach. It tickles stomach. (laughs) So he enjoys making me laugh. So it's it's incentive for him Mm -hmm. to make me laugh during sex, which because he knows that he'll enjoy it. He knows that I'll enjoy it. And it it bonds us. Well,
0: yeah. And then on a quantum physics level, it is in the classification of joy, which is the highest vibration that you can feel. So it's all tied together. Um, But, you know, since we started this particular series, too... um, without delving so much into my personal life and keeping the boundaries of my partner, like, I paid attention more because, you know, next week's conversation, what I really wanted that to be about if we got there was, so what do you do now? Now that you have all the tools, like, what do you actually do in the moment to elevate the experience? And when it comes to what you're talking about like that's exactly right like what I was noticing is that my body was incredibly tense at times Mm -hmm. that it didn't need to be like my partner like we back on the first podcast like my partner might have been like touching my back of all places and like I could feel my pelvis tighten up like because I'm like don't go anywhere near my pelvis it's like six feet away Rachel like what are you (laughs) freaking out about and my partner doesn't know because I'm not I'm not saying this but in in the moment it's because I wasn't aware I wasn't aware that that was a feeling that I was like that's too close to an area that I'm not comfortable with so I'm going to tense my entire body and withdraw. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And what you said about, like, so the porn thing, yes. Like, I think that it's, to me it was clear that it's a movie, like Mm -hmm. when I watched it, but it was not clear to me that it was a a fantasy. Yeah. Which is the difference. That's the total difference, is that's why it's
1: inaccurate. I agree. Inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I am thankful that my fiancé's stepson has has a biological dad, full-time dad in his life. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll have that conversation with him because I'm I'm still learning about how to talk to kids about sex. I'm still learning about sex in general. Like right, be like well I'll always be learning. But I I'm I'm grateful that I have a few more years until my stepkids will be at the age where we have to have those in-depth talks like right we, we talk about consent we talk about privacy we yeah. talk about body parts we talk about all of those things and we call them by their names penis vagina all of those things but we have not breached the subject of porn yet because it hasn't come up like it, it,
0: yeah but I'm gonna I'll challenge you as a parent to think about like what they're watching and what they see in general because they still see sex and TV and they still see sex and movies even if it's do. like much more mildly simulated.
1: They do. Yeah. And you're
0: right. Yeah. And and then that, that's why it ties so much deeper because then it's just about relationships. It's like they see relationships constantly in, in everything they watch, they read, whatever. Like, you know, and do I really want my son thinking like Batman is like the ideal husband? No. No. no yeah, absolutely not. And, but I also know that we have a leg up because that was part of my conversation is like, I know you don't want to talk about your mom and sex and things like that, but I need you to pay attention to my relationship with my husband. And that is more of a realistic venture of what, you should strive for in a relationship and the other stuff will start to fall more naturally, but every person's going to be different. So just don't (laughs) treat your girlfriend like a douchebag, please. Like that is just Mm -hmm. I don't want you don't do it. Okay. So um what what we'll segue into now is like talking about actual relationships. And what I really want what I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about is just how much Uh, of a pissant that I was an asshat like I'll just keep going off with these words because that's how I feel about the way that I was in relationships and there's one relationship in particular that I was the worst in but I mean I would say that until Tony and then even until like the last two years I've never been a good partner never been a good partner ever Chitty.
1: But you're so much, you're such a better person now, so.
0: Yeah, right, which
1: is why learn. I think I can openly talk about it. Because
0: yes. even even in 2018, Rachel, before, I knew I was a, not a nice person in relationships, but I didn't care. And it wasn't even about disregard for the other person's feelings, because I did. Like, I, like as I shared with you before, there was some stuff that I'm not ready to talk about, but I also didn't share it with the person like this is so hard to like tiptoe around like let's say like like when when somebody cheats right um and they they grapple with do i tell the person or not right like whether you're together or whatever i never like if you i never think that you should tell people if you cheat i don't i don't i don't think you should tell them if you're together i don't think that you should tell them if you're ever apart because i believe that it's only letting you off off the hook it's your guilt that you're trying to get past, and it's not that I think that you should punish yourself by living with it forever. But I've just the things that I've made mistakes in in my relationships in the past, I've forgiven myself because I wasn't the right person at the time, mm-hmm. and because of what you said, I will, I won't replicate that in any of my relationships, let alone with the person I'm most intimate with, is my husband. I don't treat my ex like this way anymore. I don't treat Brent uh, Cole's dad, Brent, you know, like a piece of crap or that he doesn't matter or his opinion isn't valued or whatever. I don't do that anymore. So that's why I feel like I can talk about it. It now um to a level of, of a certain degree because I want to respect other people's privacy uh and and so on and so forth and as I'd said <clears throat> for some of these people I've never had conversations with them so it's not really right for me to spill those beans <coughs> excuse me if I've never talked to them about it so um I mean I'll I think at great length I can kind of talk mostly about my relationship with Cole's dad because it started when I was 16 years old mm-hmm. and it was a 12, <laughs> 12 year relationship. Oh my gosh. I am a serial monogamist and that is a problem <clears throat> for me. But I think that's really great because I know on the flip side of things, you were very much the opposite. So we have such a great dynamic mm-hmm. in terms of experiences we can talk about. Um, for, for myself, like I, I can tell, I can tell you now that I acted out of a sense of insecurity at such a level in relationships that it's no surprise to me that women wouldn't hug me because if you can think about how I am with people in public that way, opposite sex, how in the F would I be in an intimate relationship? I had full control over everything, everything. Um, I paid all the bills. I managed the paychecks. I did all the grocery shopping. I drove the car. I drove the car all the time, all the time. So, um, I think that, I mean, that part of that stems from my dad being, like, such an influential force in my life as a parent. Um, but that was what was modeled for me. Was it the person that has either the most confidence or, I don't even want to say capability, because, again, it's not that Brian was an unintelligent. That's not what it is. I think that he was just in a place where he didn't care. Like, it was much more about apathy than it was control ever which is like whatever somebody else is gonna do it I'll just sit on my phone and play my video games while you drive us around town I suppose or drive us to Iowa to visit your
1: friends (laughs) your friends by the way That's Uh, yeah and that's that's funny because ever since the beginning of my relationship with Brett which (laughs) Brett and Brent is like yeah so close and you've dated both of them I dated both of them (laughs) so my fiance, Brett uh from the beginning of our relationship I've let him drive my car like not every time like there's times that I'll drive because he doesn't want to mm-hmm. but I've just always willingly given him my keys yep, same. I've never thought about it same. but the first time he met my mom we, we went to Lee's Chicken and my mom saw us drive in and saw my then boyfriend driving my car and she made a comment about it she was like that's really cool that you let him drive your car and in my mind I was just like why wouldn't I the guy drives like I was just like that's like a relationship dynamic like it's normal, right? Per who, though? Yeah, yeah right. right?
0: Whose perception?
1: Like, the men are supposed to be the ones that drive. Yeah. But that's that's the behavior that had been mm-hmm. modeled for me. Right. And in movies, the men drive. Well, and, and, and just, Tony does in our relationship, too. It's just, I was just like, I don't have to drive. Cool. Like, I, I don't, know. like, I've been driving for 12 years. You can absolutely drive. <laughs> exactly.
0: But, and that's the way that it is. Like, even, like, when we go to Colorado on an eight-hour drive, I will absolutely be like, hey, I will, I'll totally split this drive. No, he just drives. But... <laughs>
1: and when we... <laughs> It's funny because when we do like friends drives, uh-huh. I'm a control friend, mm-hmm. and I will drive the entire way front and back just because I'm like yeah, like I don't one one control. year ago
0: this this week that yeah. we were in Colorado for yes, my bachelor I, party and I you drove, drove the whole the time. time. Um, the other car rotated every single driver and you wouldn't.
1: You no, know, but when, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's on my
0: phone. It's fine. <laughs> when
1: I'm with my fiance, like on our long car rides, like I have to fight him to let me drive. Yep. Like. He's just like, no, I'm fine. I'll drive. I'll drive. Which is
0: interesting because that just means that's the same dynamic they have, too, yeah. is that men drive.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just like, I want to fucking
0: drive. Yeah, yeah Let yeah. me drive right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I know, like I said, in retrospect, I can say I was acting out of a place of giant insecurity. And I, But what I can't really put my finger on is just why I was, I think, why I was such an a-hole, to be honest. Like, why did I walk all over him? Why did I... Uh, drop him at any minute and I think this is just like my insecurity of being needing attention I suppose because mm-hmm. what it came down to was that as I disclosed earlier like anytime I ever broke things off with Brent it was not for a relationship it was never for a relationship for relationship right like I mean I don't think that I knew that it wasn't going to be a relationship but I also wasn't like oh yeah this is 100% going to become my boyfriend mm-hmm. but it definitely was felt like a better opportunity and I don't even think that that's fair because again it's not about comparison to who Brent was because he was a great guy to me uh and for being 16 like what kind of expectations did I really need to have like for him to be a provider okay as we but go to high school
1: it's the I think the it was the thrill the yeah. excitement of the unknown yep the and somebody else
0: is paying attention to me I think was the bigger thing is that I had security with him why do I want that when I it, it would definitely come down to the guy of course, mm-hmm. too, because if it was a guy that I didn't think I could get, and now he's interested in me, well, you mm-hmm. best your... I'm going to be... I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to prove girl, to myself that I can get
1: that. Girl, you are <laughs> explaining exactly why I participated in a relationship. Because I don't want to say I pursued a relationship. I participated in a relationship with a married man. Yeah. This was before I met my now fiancé, but then when I started my relationship with Brett... I kind of cooled things off with married guy, mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, now I have somebody in person, real life, who yep. wants me, and there's no strings attached. Right. But then, and I don't um, know, this is information that I've shared with people before, so I don't mind talking about it on this podcast, but a couple months into my relationship with Brett, we went to Vegas, we were, you know, a girl's trip to Vegas, and while we were there, married guy... Just happened up. to show it up. Just happened to take Doesn't a trip. Guy- Doesn't even live in the same state as you now, no, but was in just, the same city as yes, you. just happened to take a guy's trip the same week after I had posted about my upcoming girl's trip on yeah. Facebook the weeks <laughs> prior you think to Who do orchestrated that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but while he was there, while we were both in Vegas, we ended up making out at a bar, and I am thankful to this day that that's all that happened was yeah. that we made out at a bar but it was anything else supposed to happen do you feel like or we both we both stated in the moment our desire for more to happen but yeah. but realistically we both had friends staying in our hotel rooms that we didn't want to know about the other person so it wasn't like we could just bring the person back to our hotel room right and neither of us wanted to pay for an extra hotel room for us to further
0: advance things. Do you think that it would have happened or subconsciously that that was like your thing where it was like, no, this has gone too far?
1: I I think that I would have stopped it. Right. I think that it was a thrill and it was excitement because this person who was unobtainable to me because he had told me that he was not leaving his wife, mm. that's why I pursued a relationship with someone not... Well, technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically. Differently he married. Was he was actually getting a divorce actively before we met. but right. But it was oh, this this person who was unobtainable to me before is now physically in front of me. In my mind, I believe, and did and still do, believe that he followed me to Vegas because he knew that I would be there. Yeah. And it's a city of, you know... Sin. Sin. What so happens you, in Vegas stays sin, in Vegas. Exactly. Not so, true ever, by the way. No, not at all. So he, you know, followed me to Vegas and I was, in the moment, I think I got caught, I was drunk, but I, I think I got caught up in the... He was so obsessed with me that he followed me to Vegas, right. saw me out, wanted like wanted to spend time with me, wanted to make out with me at this bar, bought me a hundred dollars worth of drinks before we started making out. So was, I was so excited about the like being pursued mm-hmm. because in my relation, I was already so secure in my relationship with Brett. I was already living with him. We had already made we'd already talked about kids and marriage and all of these things. And so I feel like a piece of shit for letting even making out with this guy, even seeing this guy in Vegas, because I had told I had told Brett about it about him potentially being in Vegas before I got there, because he had reached out to me before Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I told Brett, hey, I just want you to know, in case you hear about it, like, blah, whatever. But I definitely think that that was so that I... You tried to keep yourself accountable? I tried to keep myself accountable beforehand, fucked up while I was there, and then when I came home, I did make the decision to tell him about it, because I felt like if we were to... Like, if we wanted to continue our relationship between Brett and I, I felt like he needed to have all the information so Mm -hmm. that... He could make a, a, a an educated decision because I didn't want to pull the wool over his eyes or be like pretend like I was this great girlfriend when I knew I had fucked up. Sure. And I thought I we almost broke up. Like I really thought that he was going to ask me to move out after that happened. And thankfully we got through it. We talked about it. He like he forgave me, and now it's one of those things that we talk about about like it happened. But you still talk about it today. You think you said well. Not like every day, but there are times where we've we've brought it up and it's just kind of like a, it happened. It's a fact. It's not like a well, sure, sure, sure. Thing.
0: Like it's not like it, like it's being used as a weapon is what you're
1: saying. Yes. But when
0: do you guys talk about it?
1: I think it's when we're mainly it's I bring it up when he is talking crap about other people oh. and and I'm just like, hey, hey well, I'm not everybody's perfect. Yeah, like oh. well, like you know, don't forget, like, you're... But I think
0: that's kind of cool, because, like, I said, you know, like, in my opinion, that's my opinion, is, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think people should tell, but, like, what you say makes sense, and it makes sense to you, and the fact that it would be so different, of course, if Brett was the one that was bringing it up and using it against you, but for you to be like, hey,
1: dude, everybody F's up, I think that's pretty cool. Well, and it's, it's made our communication stronger in our relationship, I feel like, because I feel like I, if he forgave me for something like that... He's not, I know, even though I have anxiety about stupid things, like I forgot to do the dishes or something, I know he's not going to leave me because of those things. Yeah. And I know that I can be honest with him and be like, hey, I'm having anxiety about the dishes or I'm having anxiety about this and he's not going to judge me so harshly. Because in my mind, it's like, what kind of person will forgive you making out with a, your ex at a bar in Vegas, but you won't forgive me for, mm. for getting to take the Yeah, out, yeah, yeah. So in, in my situation with my... My partner, my boyfriend at the time, like, it worked out to tell him. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and I think it, it, as much as it hurt him, it did. Like, it, it hurt for a couple of weeks. We, like, we, we struggled, and he he didn't talk to me for, like, a week. We lived together, and he didn't talk to me for a week. And I cried that whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those things that now I feel like he can trust me even more. Yeah. Because I didn't. Because you were be
0: more forthright, and yeah. it didn't come to something where
1: you had, he had to confront you. Yes. You just came was, clean. It was within 48 hours of the act even happening yeah. that I was already back in Lincoln, and I had decided to tell him so that he had all the information right away and he could decide what he wanted to do. Because I felt guilty. Yeah. I, I knew I fucked up. I knew that I needed to take ownership of my actions. But, it, yeah, I'm sorry. That was like a long... No, you know, but I think
0: that that, that was really powerful because it's two completely different perspectives, and like, and it gets me thinking, like in the moment, because I'm like, and this is gonna sound kind of asinine and ego, like, like I have zero, I have zero doubt that I, because uh, I've never had any interest in another man since I've been with Tony, which I think is just really powerful validation for me, because that's where I came from, mm-hmm. was always seeking somebody else, you know, um, and so I get, I get that sense of security from him, so I have had legitimately zero temptation ever, and that's so powerful for me because. One of the people that led me to leaving Brent at, at, for a fling got a hold of me shortly after I was in my new relationship. And I don't think he honestly knew that I was with somebody but it was definitely like, he was so unhappy in his marriage. Mm -hmm. It was like the woman he started dating right after he had this fling with me. So Mm -hmm. of course it was like, it was close to my heart kind of thing. And he literally was just like something stupid, like, oh, we should go to the lake and go swimming again at late at night. Like we used to. I'm like, okay, that's (laughs) stupid. But like old Rachel probably would have played into that and like fed a line or something and like went fishing to see what I could have got to make myself feel better. And it was basically just like, Dude, I'm cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a relationship now. I'm happy. But my point is, is that I wonder if like there was some type of discretion on my part because Tony is who he is and because it's my relationship, if if I would feel differently because it would be something for that reason. Like you said, like, I'd want to be clean with him and I'd want him to, be, I'd want to be forthright and know that, that uh, maybe trust that he would see that I understood I effed up and that I would, I don't know. Like, that's hard for me because like part of me is always like, I always feel like, for personally, like, I would always feel like I was trying to make up for it, I think. And maybe that's why. It's oh, yeah. probably not very good for Tony to listen to because he'd be like, oh, okay, so she cheats on me, she's never going to tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in my in my opinion, people who don't admit to cheating to the person they cheated on, it's one of those you're trying to get away with it. Oh, yeah, like, I can see that. And that it's not in any means a dig at you. I mean you're yeah, not cr- you currently them. cheating on your husband, so I don't feel like right. saying that to right. you. But it's that's my perspective about things is that if you're in a relationship with somebody that you claim you love and you claim all of these things and then you do something like cheat, whether it's kissing or sex. Or even emotional or, cheating. Or emotional cheating, messaging a girl mm. messaging a girl fourteen years younger than you while your wife's a be- asleep in the bed next to you and you're you're sex It's in the not bed. okay. It's not okay. If you don't come clean ever about that stuff to your partner that you claim to love and you think you love how can you how can you expect them to ever trust you or like like you're trying to get away with it you're hoping that they never catch on because you don't want you don't want to be put on trial kind of thing and test their loyalty to you like you think that you fucked up enough that they're going to leave you and you don't want that to happen so instead of giving them all the cards or giving them all the information all so that and they let them make a informed decision. Exactly, yeah. letting them decide for them whether they can still trust you, forgive you, whatever you're deciding for them.
0: Well, yeah, and well, one, I think that's I do think it's really cool that we're having this conversation because we are literally on two sides of the fence, and it's a it's a, it's a, literally a discussion and not an argument about who's right. Um, Because we're both right. It's what works for us. And I see exactly what you're saying because I I would say I would tend to agree more if it's something that is ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, but if it was, like, a one-time, which is so funny because yours was a one-time thing. And I'm like, so why
1: would you need to tell? But I get it. Like, it makes sense. Mine was a one-time thing making out of the bar, but that was a relationship where... That was attached to the whole thing before. Exactly. And I had told Brett, hey, I got word that this guy that I... I told... about married guy on our first date and i told him that that was my baggage and that was the quote-unquote relationship i was coming out of and that's why i had a lot of insecurities about relationships and stuff yeah and then when because i stayed friends or stayed friendly with married guy after brett and i started dating so he thought like he felt it was okay to message me about certain things We, we kept it platonic or whatever in our messages they weren't as sexual or like
0: Innuindo, romantic, yeah, yeah. Whatever,
1: as they used to be, but he would st- like married guy would still send me songs, would still like check on me and be like, Oh, how was your day at work? Whatever. But wouldn't like be sexual. Mm-hmm. And then that's why, that's why he reached out to me to tell me that he was going to be in Vegas the same time as me is because he had seen my post on Facebook. He got, he did whatever he needed to do. And then was just like, Oh, guess what? I just got this bonus at work. And my friends and I are going to Vegas. Like, do you got any big plans coming up? That was just is Like, I literally <laughs> was just like, Yeah, going out of town. Like, I did not confirm that I was going to Vegas, but it had been on my Facebook, so I knew he had seen it, and and so I just played stupid. And then, like, the next, the very next day, like, he was eating away at me. Like, I felt dirty just knowing that married guy was going to be in Vegas at the same time as me. So I sat down with Brett before I left, and I was just like, hey, I just want you to know that guy I told you about before, you know, we've still been friends, we've still been on Facebook, like, it's all, like, here you can read all of our messages. Mm -hmm. I was like, he said that he's going to be in Vegas at the same time as me, so I don't want you to find out about it later on and think that I'm trying to hide things. Like, I didn't invite him to Vegas. I don't want him in Vegas. Like, I don't have plans to see him. Then when we were in Vegas, there was a lot of drama on that trip between the girls that I was with, and I was feeling very stressed out. Mm -hmm. And the only other person in the world that I knew happened to be in Vegas at the same time was married guy. So when he messaged me to see if I wanted to get together to have drinks, I said, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like, I need to get out of this situation. Yeah. And then I got myself into a worse situation. (laughs) Yeah. But so, yeah, that's why I, like, almost immediately I came home because I was, like, I I felt guilty enough about the relationship in general to mention it before the trip to my boyfriend and then fucked up on the trip. So I f- felt more than guilty. I was sick for, like, two days after that trip, mostly because I think I had alcohol poisoning from, <laughs> from all the drinks the married guy gave me right before I left Vegas. But I was physically ill for a few days and then and ended up telling Brett right away, which did not help my physical condition. Yeah, yeah but yeah like it's it's not something that I want to pretend never happened it's not something I'm proud of right I I don't talk about it because I've talked about it with a lot of women like I've I think it's because people have this perception of me and who I am because I don't flaunt my flaws publicly or whatever but individually if we're having a conversation and you admit to me that you fucked up or you did something that you're not proud of I'm like girl listen I've fucked up in my life. I've fucked up in my relationship. You can come back from these things. You can decide now that those behaviors in the past are not what you want to do moving forward. And it doesn't make you... I mean, it makes you a better person, in my opinion, to be able to do that now. Yeah. It it doesn't matter if it's five minutes after whatever bad thing happened or if it's five years. If you decide that that's not who you want to be anymore, you can change the rest of your life by deciding that that's not what you want for your life. So I, I openly admit to it. I... I struggle with the, do you tell the person's spouse? Like if you are the oh, third like, party, you, like would you have told his wife? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's to the point now because I have been very point blank with him of, we were never friends. Do not contact me. I don't want, I don't want messages from you. I've blocked him on things again. Um, it's come to the point now where if he reaches out to me in any capacity again, I will reach out to his wife to let him know. Because if I was married to somebody that was doing that, even after the person told them to leave them the f alone, it, there's a problem. Like I think that his wife deserves to have all the cards and all of the knowledge because I wouldn't want to be married to that and not know about it. Like if she if she gets all the information and she decides that she yeah, forgiven, that's her decision. Awesome. I'll, I'll support your relationship. You're a better person than I am. But it's one of those. I re- I feel so guilty about it in my own relationship. I'm now feeling guilty about it because of their relationship. Because I was out there
0: with <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but she said she was at their wedding. I was at their wedding when they got married.
1: This relationship between him and I started years after they got married. Um, But I was at their- I was a guest at their wedding. Like, I know her. She's a nice person, so I feel shitty Mm. that I- was involved in that. Yeah, that's so hard though
0: because they all. I mean, she has her own thing. He's got his own thing, and she might have zero idea, but she might know exactly. Yeah. You know? So it's just she, like you just don't know. She might be doing it too. Like it, she might, be doing it, it too might be an open
1: relationship, like, but he never stated
0: that. So. Yeah, he just don't so know. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I know from what I see, what I hear, I doubt it too. Um, yeah. So. I think that was maybe like that's a good segue to 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 kind of focus on is that that's the biggest picture about it is that it's never wrong to readjust and course correct and I think that that's part of it but but the bigger problem is is that people just don't know any better so they just keep coasting along in their behaviors they keep coasting along in their triggers or pain cycles um, and this is really really we talked about this briefly before in terms of like a broader subject in terms of like history but this is a really poignant subject in terms of um, Humans, well, all animals, all sentient beings do this, right? Like there's a reason why birds know what certain predators are, right? It's not that literal, literally mother goose is like barking at baby goose saying, stay away from this predator, right? Yes, some of it's instinctual, but other parts of it is just memory cells that pass on from baby to baby to baby to whatever and it's the same thing within human species but our problem is is that we do this with fearful things we do this with scary things and when it's when it's traumatic we have zero doubt that it happened to us zero doubt but if something is almost too good to be true that's literally the phrase we say right like oh this is too beautiful whatever whatever you want to wrap that around in so it's so, for some reason we are drawn to the negative experience with such a higher capacity in terms of attaching itself to our soul and your, whatever you want to call that part, right? But when babies are born, right? What I mean, it's not just genetics that are passed on through placenta. It is the experience of mother while she's pregnant. It's experience with mothers spouse or potential partner during that time as well it's environmental of course but you you have got to be crazy if you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't think it's more than one factor like it used to just be about nutrition how is baby eating which is what are you eating it's it's especially after having kids a decade apart in completely different relationships and completely different seasons in my life you cannot convince me otherwise that it does not impact how the baby's baked
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree because and it's funny because I just came from an OB appointment this morning and told my doctor about some anxiety I was having and I've had anxiety before in my life but now being pregnant when I feel anxiety I like I feel it for much longer like the effects the physical effects are lingering because and I believe it's because I have a second being inside of me. So it's I'm not the only one feeling it. It is my child feeling that anxiety too. But then on the flip side, the good stuff, like, I feel that stronger too, so it's, you know, the baby, oh, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. you know, whether it's sex or it's just happy feelings or this emotions. is why you smell more your food tastes better. Yes. It's just, it's enhanced because I'm feeling it tasting it, whatever, smelling it for two mm-hmm. and not just one. Mm-hmm. But my doctor told me that, like, basically prescribed me to stay away from a certain person in my life because they're causing me too much anxiety. And she says that, that that's just not healthy for the baby. Yeah. You're you're developing their brain right now. Yes. You're developing their, their organs, their, their vital organs. Their sensory. Their development use. in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm physically create. I'm cooking a baby right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and everything about them is coming from me. Right. Well, I mean, their sperm came from their dad, whatever. But Everything about their their physical being right now is, is me. Like everything about their emotional senses, everything. The soothing vibration of your voice is comforting. Yeah,
0: yeah all of that stuff, which
1: is so weird because I don't like the sound of my voice. Uh. Baby, will. <laughs> Baby will. Baby will. <laughs> Baby will.
0: Um, and he'll know exactly who yeah. you are, which is just crazy. But yeah. um, but that's the important part about it. Is like we, the thing that confuses me is that like I don't care what you believe, but like where Rachel's at is. Like, this is just a skin vessel. This is a skin vessel. The thing that we don't understand between where the mind meets the body meets the soul. Nobody can explain it yet. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what it is. And if you're not at a level of development where you accept all three, this is, like, lost on you. And you just think that it's a woohoo and witchcraft. I don't care. But the being never dies. The body does. Just like cells die. Just like a tree dies. But the energy behind that thing always exists. So for most... Like, on a logical sense, for most things that's going to be reincarnated in something right I don't understand how we've we we have gotten so many new things Mm -hmm. you know like everybody's reincarnating but we got so many new souls and bodies like because we're overpopulated but how in the world are we getting stuck in the pain cycle how are we so hyper focused on like all we like we've we've got such a great thing in terms of building on everything we've ever learned in the past that's how we have buildings this is how we have efficiencies this is how we have modern plumbing right it's all that stuff but on the other same flip side, like that's how we discovered atoms, which we learned how to split, which created the atom bomb. Mm-hmm. How, how do we do those both of those things? And how do we get attached so much more to the negative? How is it that that's so much more powerful for people to live in that to bring up wars from four decades ago that literally states in the United States still fight about, mm-hmm. right? And you don't even want to get it on the global level of that. But how does that happen? And we pass that on to our children. We pass that on as their perspective of what the world works, how the world works, and what it looks like, and how you live in it. Instead of more enlightened people being able to pass
1: that along. I feel like it's a couple of things. One, biologically, I do believe that there's a difference in how the, the strength of the hormones that are released in your brain between the happy hormones and the or chemicals and the the negative chemicals, so your body feels them differently. So in yeah, my I opinion, agree. I feel sad things stronger and like last like it the effects last longer than the happy things. Like happy moments to me Do you think you're conditioned to that? Maybe it possibly. Because I
0: feel the opposite. Like I understand where you're coming from, but I when something feels good, oh I'm there. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. find
1: that. I'll I'm, replicate that. I think it could totally be condi- a conditional thing. Okay, but, all right, keep going. But it's one of those that, if you're not aware of it, how do you mm-hmm. change it? kind mm-hmm. of things? Um, because that's your normal. Because that's your normal. But it's also the amount of energy, in my opinion, the amount of energy it takes to be in the negative versus being in the positive. In my opinion, if you are in the negative, it takes more energy to get out and to get to the yeah, positive. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in the positive, it takes takes equal amount to, to stay versus to go back to negative so it's you have a 50/50 chance of staying or going mm-hmm. but when you're in the negative it's like a climb like it takes more to climb up the ladder than it does to just descend the ladder. mountain yeah, yeah yeah so to me it's, it's energy that makes and, sense and I'm lazy so when I'm in the negative it takes me a, long, a longer time to get out of the negative to the positive versus when I'm in the positive positive... I can drop like that because it's mm-hmm. easier Downhill. to go down yeah. than it is to climb up.
0: Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Um, and I think that adding on to that is that the most people just don't know there's another way. Oh, yeah. You know, like when I when I went through figuring out my stuff that led to developing a class around it, like the class is still, for some people, they, they're like, I, I didn't get any of it. Like I didn't understand it. And that's hard. It's not hard for me to like understand like how, how could you not get it? Because when I took the class... part of it was that way too Mm -hmm. it was like like I don't even understand what she's talking about what do you mean there's two worlds like there's no two worlds there's this world that I friggin live in Mm -hmm. so I get that but that that just shows you like and and that was within two years that I took a class that was similar to the one that inspired me to create the one that I have so two years and that was all by myself trying to figure that stuff out so um if you don't know there's another way you don't know there's another way and I could I promise Mm -hmm. you like I'm like uh, I, I can't promise you, like, on a large scale, but on a personal scale, like, when I, I talked to Tony about being, like, in a corporate job because he was, like, um, like a general manager type lead. I'd never been that high in a company. Like, I've always just been a representative. So, I would suspect that they probably dump more personal development into you as you become a leader. Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me about some, like, things that were required for him to take in courses and things like that. But when you are when you're directed by somebody else to do it especially for somebody else's business i don't know that it really resonates with you the same as when you seek it out because you're going through a quarter life crisis
1: because you're seeing it through a different lens yeah, yeah. If, if you have to do it for jo- a job you're you're looking at everything they say through how does this help me at work how does right. this help me at work you're not thinking how does this help me at home so that i'm happy so that when i go to work i'm still happy like
0: yeah well and but the, the ironic thing is that i i sought out personal development for business mm-hmm. And it wasn't even personal development for me. It was just leaders, leadership training is what it was for me. And so, like, I just, I find it ironic because even even the, th- the first things I started with was how to win friends and influence people. There was mm-hmm. also keynote speakers at, you know, uh, business training classes that I was taking. I don't, I don't know what flipped for me. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a relationship building atmosphere, which I think everybody is, but they forget that they are. Um, or just because of the genre of things that I was selling that really cemented like come on like you can't just walk up to people and say you need you look like you need this in your life. <laughs> it needs to be a conversation.
1: I wish we could say to people
0: <laughs> you look like you got something never mind just, anyway um, so yeah, I think it I mean it's obviously a whole host of things but um, the big picture is is that where I'm at now is like number one like I said I've been able to forgive myself because I feel like I was a a, a turd nugget. Um I have not like sat down ever and had like a conversation with Brent and apologized for some of the things. I still know like it's not about ego. I just don't know if he's at a place where it even matters to hear it yet. Like, I, it's, it's not that I need it to be, like, a production, and I need no. him to thank me. I just want – I, I think I've gotten baby steps along the way. Like, we just had a conversation the other day. He asked me something about money, and I, like, avoided it for a long time, and, and I don't even know why, but finally I was like, just so you know, like, the court is telling me I should take you back to court and get more child support, but – Oh, that's what it was. Is because he owed me some money, and I and he was asking me what the total was, and I saw him to be honest. I don't keep track anymore, and he's like, "What do you mean you don't keep track?" And I'm like, "It's just not worth it to me." Like where we were a couple of years ago was I just felt like I was fighting tooth and nail to have a conversation with you about what I felt like I was owed and justified, and I was tired of it. I was tired of it. I was like, I know that we're at a place where we can just talk about what Cole needs and we get there. And it might not be 100% financially equal, but that's not worth it to me anymore. So just so you know, I don't know how much money you owe me. And if you wanna pay me, you're gonna have to figure it out yourself because I'm over it. Um, and you know, that was that was huge. It was huge, but that's what it is. Like, that was, like when I said all that, he was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But you put it out there. That's yeah. The it's like baby steps. It's baby steps. Yeah. And something that I coached Brett, my fiance, on was when he, I mean, this was a couple months ago and now it's kind of gone downhill again, but with his relationship with his ex-wife, um, she kept saying things about communication. Like, he, you suck at communication. You need to do better at communication. And he's like, I am communicating. You suck at communicating. And <laughs> me, the third party, I was just like, okay, your ex-wife is speaking Chinese. You're speaking English. There's a disconnect you need, like how you communicate is not how she communicates. It's kind of like love languages. You have to figure out what works best for the other person. So you getting frustrated because you don't think she's communicating with you doesn't solve anything. You have to tell her, I need this from you. I need X, Y, or Z. When you reach out to me about whatever with the kids, I need it laid out to me in this way so that I understand it. I need you to recognize that there's a disconnect here and that you may be, sh- Telling me what you think you need to, but I'm not getting what and I need. And that's the important thing, right there. Is yeah. I'm not saying what you're telling me is wrong. Yes. I'm just saying I'm not grasping I'm it. I'm not. I'm not getting what you're intending. So we need to to work on what the other person needs. And he went to pick up the kids, or I think he pick them up or drop them off one day. Um. And he went in there and he apologized. He just was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know that you, you know, you've been telling me for years that we that I suck at communicating, and I just shut down because I felt like I was trying." And then it, it grew resentment because you didn't see that I was trying. And He's like, I finally understand now that I wasn't communicating the way you needed me to. And that's where the disconnect was. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do my best to help communicate the way you need or the way that you understand so that we're on the same page about things. Mm-hmm. And that was all, he left it. He didn't give examples. He didn't like, like make it a drawn out thing. Tit for tat. He literally was just like. I apologize there is he and I'm gonna do better going forward he acknowledged that there was a disconnect he acknowledged that what she was saying was not wrong and that he had a negative reaction to it Like he owned up to his behaviors and then said I'm gonna do better moving forward. Mm-hmm. We'll see how
0: it goes. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think that's really important is like that reflection on – and this – for a lot of people, I think this is important because it's, it's a current relationship that you're probably in. You know, I talk so much about being – I just feel so incredibly fortunate that I had a space to grow within my relationship mm-hmm. and that my husband was so unbelievably patient. I know that we had a large age gap between us in terms of maturity, not even about the, the amount of years on planet Earth. Um, and some days I don't know how he stuck with me as long as he did while he waited for me to grow up. But, um, I talked about this yesterday on live. Like, I just think that people need to get to a place where they realize that whatever your motivation is, like for me, it used to be money. Like everything about money motivated me and not even to like an exponential degree of success, like in the limelight. It was just about security for Mm -hmm. me. And... Um, that was like my, my driving force and factor for most things. Now I'm at a place where, I mean, I know I need money and I know that money gives me options, but it's definitely, it's, it's not the thing that I get up every morning for. The thing that moves me through a crazy hectic day or an uncomfortable situation now is the mental freedom. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, the connect for me that I don't think a lot of people understand is that when you talk about depression, you talk about anxiety, you talk about emotional triggers, you talk about pain cycles, when you work through personal development and when you dig through this stuff, that is it. Like when, when people say, oh my gosh, like how could you be so positive? Like I, number one, like you had said earlier, is like we're not trying to promote that it's fake book. I genuinely from my heart can tell you that the stuff that I post on Facebook, it's 100%. Like I don't make up anything for the sake of a like it and, and it's balanced out by sharing just the other day I talked about anxiety the day before I talked about depression I've talked about my slip ups in business I've talked about you know uh taking a couple days to disconnect which is is not something I ever feel good about in the moment well not in the moment I guess but like at first it takes me some time to decompress and say this is okay for me to do to recharge my batteries and to to tell my brain while it's happening you need to lay off and not make me feel bad about the 45 incoming messages that are unread right now mm-hmm. um and that's really difficult but that's the motivation because now when I wake up, it is a positive day every day. I will have bad moments. Everybody's going to have them, but I refuse to let it make my entire day bad. And I don't care what I have to do. If it's a conversation that's awkward that I have to have with somebody, I don't care if it's just venting to my husband and trying again tomorrow. I don't care if it's messaging people till 930 when I say I had a stomach ache and I'm hiding out in the bathroom, just catching up on those extra 15 minutes, whatever it is. I don't, I don't do that. I'm just kidding. Um, whatever it is, You know, it's that, it's the uh, uh, mental freedom, okay, like the realization of when the trigger of anxiety is beginning, the realization of when the depression is getting closer to home than it should and you're starting to regress back into your old habits. Um, Any of that stuff, I would suppose, the fear, the the disillusion of belief, the incapability of success, whatever it is that screams at the top of its lungs that's so distracting that keeps you where you are. It's not there anymore for me. And it's not 100% every single day that my tool belt is jam-packed full. um, But it gets easier. It gets better. It gets faster to move through it. Mm -hmm. And that will seep into everything. That seeps into your wealth, your relationships, to your spirituality, to your passion and your mental and physical being.
1: Oh, yeah. So get there, for crying out loud. And all of those areas of your life... Come back to the bedroom whether you oh yeah whether you realize it or not your stressors or anxieties from any one of those areas or all of those areas follow you everywhere you go so to think that you can have the best sex of your life while you're you know i don't know i can't think of the word while you're freaking out about money or while you're stressing out about you know your relationship with god or whatever all of those stressors have physical and emotional reactions mm-hmm. in your body so you can, documented yeah yeah. You, can't, you can't have the best anything in your life if you're suffering.
0: Yeah, and I would, I mean, like, I think that's a really slippery slope because <clears throat> I would say that even when I was struggling in my other areas of life, like I had talked about like a, right in the middle of the podcast, I think, is just remembering that if sex is getting better, it's the best sex you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Number one. Okay, but... Um, I guess... It-
1: if you're suffering in those areas of your life, you're not reaching your potential.
0: Number 1, I think, but also because it, holding you back. Yes. Yeah, it's holding you back to where you could could go, could go, could go. But even in the same sense, like it might be the best physical sensation you've ever experienced, but if your mental trap is my body's tensing up right now because that doesn't feel good even though you know it does feel good, it's something triggering you, then that's not freedom. No. It's not freedom. So, yeah, um, get there, do the work. It, it's so necessary it's it's so connected. it will open doors to figuring out things about yourself that you 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 didn't even know were in existence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay there's a there's a difference between not knowing things and not knowing things exist in my opinion. Like you might know like let's say, for example, I had zero anxiety, but my best friend has anxiety. I know what anxiety is. Right. But if you've never heard of what anxiety is and it doesn't physically exist in this realm, when you discover something like that about yourself, mm-hmm. ah, oh my gosh, Indiana Jones it. Okay. Because it's about to be an adventure.
1: Okay. One, <laughs> well, something I don't know if we, I know we've mentioned it before, but I don't know if we stress it enough is just that in any facet of self development, personal development, make sure you give yourself grace. And that you're not going to always be moving forward on the line of personal development if it, if it was a flat line on the ground. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a couple steps back. You're going to fumble. You're going to have moments of reacting the way you did 10 years ago. You're going to have moments of reacting negatively when you're trying to to have a more positive outlook on life. And just having grace and knowing that you're not a failure because you regressed a little. Mm-hmm recognizing that you're regressing is part of personal development correct because you're in the like you're quicker at recognizing the bad behaviors the bad traits that you're exhibiting and you're deciding in that moment that oh this is bad i want to do better right because if you didn't recognize it as bad you wouldn't you would still do it you would still do it and you'd have zero consciousness about it exactly so if you recognize it that you react to a a particular situation badly, or in a way that you wish you had done better. Just know that that is personal development. Correct. Personal development is not all sunshine and rainbows. It is not all oh, awards. I did. It's not. I sweeten. did good today. Mm-hmm. Like that's no. It's it's. It's the I, ugly part of it. It's I yelled at my partner and immediately felt bad about it mm-hmm. because I want to do better. Mm-hmm. It's you know my my kids and I have been eating healthy, but I you know slacked off, did whatever, and I let them have junk food today or fast food or whatever. But I feel bad about it. Knowing that, okay, well, this was a one-off or this was a once-in-every-while thing. It's not going to be an everyday thing, every meal thing. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's You're going to have some stumbles along the way, but it's the intent to do better.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and the re- desire.
1: And yeah, it. the desire, I think, is important to you. Yeah. And rewarding yourself for good behavior. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and recognizing when you're doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. And having goals. And not, in my opinion, with personal development, it shouldn't be just goals like... The number on the scale for, right. per, like, weight loss. It shouldn't just be number, like... Number in the bank account. Number in the bank account. Or how many days can I go without yelling at somebody? It should be goals about, what like, what kind of life do you want to be living in 10 years? Mm-hmm. What kind of relationship do I want to have with my partner in six months? what How many, you know, how do I communicate with my kids, you know, in six months? How so, do I give back to my community? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Those kind of goals. So it's less... It's not as easy to track. It's not as easy to see the the end result or to recognize when you've achieved the goal. Right. But it's, that's what you're working towards. Correct.
0: Yes. I would agree with that too. And that was really important that, yeah, I mean, I think when we hear the word personal development, we think of shining star and Mm -hmm. like, I think of like power posing with a cape on Yeah. and it's not, it's the belly of the beast where you do the hard work is where personal development happens. And, um, I actually just had, I think roughly three women in the last week they reach out to me and say something like, is this what personal development is supposed to feel like? Because they're going through something. And like my heart breaks for them. Like like sometimes when I talk to them about these kinds of things, I cry with them because I'm like, I remember. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because when you get into that level of awareness, like you had just mentioned, it's painful. And I tell people get ready because you're really, you're about to cry the most you've ever cried in your life. In, in probably a two to three year time frame. Yeah. And... The sad thing is is that at first it's emotional pain that you're crying because you're healing through. But it will start to shift. And then you'll laugh at yourself because now you're crying at the fact that you noticed the breeze through the trees. Mm-hmm. Or that you spent an afternoon at the park with your kids good. and you were off your phone. Fu- yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's appreciation. And realizing that... No other planet that we are aware of has life that is conscious the way that we are. So we haven't figured out why we're here and what, why this is the way that it is. But we get to participate in it. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to do better. And we have the ability to live outside of the evolutionary traits that are drilled into our heads about dying or being born, procreating, and dying. So be grateful for that. Even if your fingernails aren't the prettiest that you've ever been. Even if you have uh, nine weeks or something of regrowth. In your hair, does it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Try
1: a year. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: I don't know. I've got appointment scheduled coming up, but and, and that's what's That's the other. That's the other f- mental freedom I talk about. Is like I literally messaged my spiritual leader yesterday because I was having an existential crisis. I'm not even kidding you. Like, if none of it matters, what am I even doing? Why am I even busting my ass like on my fourth power hour of the day on my 150th message? Why am I doing this, Pam? Tell me. You know, it is just like calm down, <laughs> calm down. Because while it doesn't matter, it does matter. That's the the complex beautifulness of the universe is that while nothing makes sense, everything makes sense, and while nothing is connected everything is connected. And you could spend hours trying to dissect it, but it just is the way that it is and the faster you surrender to it, the the, the faster you get to that mental freedom, in my opinion. So, um, God, it was an off the wall podcast, but it all coincides with everything, to be honest. Um, and so last, next week, I think what we want to talk about is try to maybe give you some actual tips and tricks. Now, what do I do now that I understand how I feel about sex? What do I do now that I understand where I want to go with sex? Uh, again, for yourself as well as in hopefully a healthy relationship at some point. So make sure that you tune in next week because we will uh, be drawing up some of that for you. Um, And if you, like, need some, like, physical tips, like, right now, you just need to go to uh, the private page on Facebook in Rachel's VIP Lounge and watch the video in the announcement section. You can't miss it. I'm wearing a robe. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty awesome. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. But we are so appreciative of not only everybody that tunes in, but for every share, of course, as you may remember, this is just... Some tiny little podcast in the Midwest of Nebraska. And uh, it's not going to go anywhere unless you feel like it connected to you on some level. And that you know somebody that will benefit from it. You can get the share from Spotify. You can get it from Apple Podcast, It'll just about it just go anywhere. And just slide into the DMs. But an actual DM they want. Okay. <laughs> so um, we'll be back next week as as I said. And we'll go ahead and tune out for this evening. So I'm going to let Anderson tell you one more time where to find her.
1: Photos with Anderson.com or on Facebook. My name is Jess Anderson, so find me, friend me. I like friends. Um, you can also go to Boudoir Photos with Anderson if you'd like, if you're 18 and older and a female, and check out that group too.
0: Hey yo! Right, tomorrow we're cooking back in Tone's kitchen on my personal page. Vote for parties on Instagram, check out the story, get into the beginner's guide of wellness and uh then of course the vip page too so uh every monday by the way except for Memorial day weekend i went out live on tuesday there is some really great content popping up um just about everything so tune in if you want to and share that too that's pretty cool because cool, cool, sharing makes beautiful just so in case you didn't know that okay bye. all right well thanks again for tuning in we appreciate you we love you stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands okay bye-bye. bye